Well, everyone, welcome to our October episode of Silas Speaks, Silas' monthly podcast, which is your window into what is happening at Sila and the securities and insurance licensing industry. Silas Speaks is brought to you by Rose Online and Sila, and I'm Alice for you. And I'm Diana Ivey, and our guest today is Brian Stevens, who is the licensing supervisor at the Wyoming Department of Insurance. We're going to be discussing with Brian his journey to become an insurance regulator and how insurance actually runs in his family. That's a great conversation. I know that people don't want to miss that, Diana. But before we get to that, let's recap the uh, Sila Education Conference that just completed in Philadelphia. Great idea. I'm so sorry I missed it, and I'm looking forward to hearing about all of the updates. I mean, we missed you too, Diana, but I'll tell you, it was a really great, really, really well-attended conference, and it was so good to see everyone again uh, after such a long time. And I got to say, participants, regulators, the silent community, you know, everyone at Silas, they did a really, really excellent job just putting the conference together. And I know everyone was so happy uh, that could make it there. Well, that's such a great venue too, Philly. I'm really um, so sorry that I missed it. Sounds like great fun. Um, can you share some of the highlights, uh, some of the events, or, or are you bound, bound by the what happens at Sila stays at Sila code of conduct? That's, that's, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Um, I mean, we can absolutely, but first, you know, true what happens at Sila stays at Sila, but that said, I can tell you that Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson both made appearances, okay? Um, <laughs> cornhole was exciting, but for everyone that couldn't make it to Sila, um, the meeting recaps can be found at Sila.org in the community section in the news area. So look out there. I know that the team has put, you know, the Sila group has put up you know, a lot of the presentations, a lot of recaps of the meetings, you know, pictures. So there's there's fun video. It, it's all there in that. And you can find that recap of the conference in the news area of the community section. Oh, that's great stuff. Good to know that that's available. Mm -hmm. And there were some award winners we want to acknowledge this year as well. Okay. So congratulations to all of them. But I mean, Again, it's testament to the quality of the um, volunteerism of, you know, various people, regulators, industry members, uh, vendors, you know, all the people who make up our silent community and all of the work that they do to make the, uh, not only the community so, you know, robust, but also, also helping make our annual conference successful year after year. Mm -hmm. So organization of the award, I'm sorry, organization of the year <laughs> this year went to the Sila Buckeye chapter. So kudos to our folks in the Buckeye chapter. Well-deserved. I know they've been really super active even throughout the pandemic. They've had their virtual meetings and they've got always got great content and great participation. So kudos to them for that. Absolutely. Um, President's Award went to Leslie Lakey for Vertifor. So kudos to you. Leslie, for that award, well-deserved and well-done. And the Robert Kennedy Appreciation Award went to Kristen Evans of Westfield Insurance. Congratulations to you, Kristen. Well-done, well-deserved. And, and she also led a really, really great session on adjuster licensing at the conference. So thanks oh, for that, great. Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. 
and last but not least, the Warren School Regulator Recognition Award went to Rachel Chester, the Rhode Island Department of Business Regulation Regulator. And uh, kudos to you, Rachel, and well done, well deserved. I know you've been extraordinarily active, not only inside of SILA, but in so many other events at the NAIC and always so helpful. Um, so thank you for all that you do. And really kudos again to all four of you for these awards. Um, well done and well deserved. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know Tyler appreciates all of their efforts, you know, in terms of their contributions to making this such a great industry association. Um, it wouldn't be right, you know, without announcing where next year's conference is going to be as well. And I think it is Seattle, Washington. We'll be going to Seattle in October. And if you couldn't make it this year to Philadelphia, we hope that you can make it to Seattle in October. And we hope that we'll see everyone there. And I know it will be a spectacular event. Oh, it definitely will. And I can tell you that, you know, we were supposed to be in Seattle um, uh, in 19. And because of the pandemic, we had to cancel and do virtual. Um, but we've already vetted the hotel. And I can tell you it is beautiful. It's brand new. It's in a fantastic downtown location. So I'm really super excited that we will be having Sila there next year. Right. Absolutely. Um, so before we move on, uh, do you have anything to share that's on the calendar, upcoming calendar for Sila? There are. There are some things coming up in October that everyone should put on their calendar. Of course, you know, the Sila Buckeye chapter, the organization of the year, right, is holding another meeting. Good for them. That's great. <laughs> that's October 21st um, at 1130. Okay. Uh, there is a webinar as well on October 21st at 3 p.m., which is Frictionless surplus line filing, tips for creating workflows that actually work. And that will be a great webinar, so sign up for that if you're working in surplus lines. Um, the SILA Minnesota chapter meeting will also happen on October 21st, and that will be at 9.30. And people can find out more information about these events at SILA.org. That said, Diana, um, what kind of regulatory updates should our listeners be aware of? There are new ones every day on silo.org. I'm going to mention just um, three of the sort of most recent ones as of you know the date we're recording this, so all from October. Um, first off is the state of Wyoming. There is a very important memo, an announcement there about um, annual appointment renewals that companies have to do. Um, there's important information about timelines and action steps that carriers have to take in order to complete those on time. So be sure, carriers, that you read that memo for Wyoming appointments and um, that you uh, keep yourselves in compliance. And the second one I'd like to mention is from New Mexico. New Mexico put out a bulletin this month. Um, it supersedes a bulletin that they put out last month, and it has to do with... Um, affiliating producers to agency licenses and there is important information there on deadlines for doing so and um, so make sure business entities with producers in New Mexico that you get your affiliations done and processed in the manner that's directed in that bulletin so make sure you check that out um, and then the last one I just want to mention is Maine um, Maine has uh, put into effect, well, effective as of January 1 of 2022, 
a new insurance data security law. So, uh, you know, it's not dissimilar from, you know, some of the other states that have enacted their own cybersecurity laws. Um, so make sure folks with main licensees that you read that because there's guidance in there about how to comply with this new requirement. There are reporting activities that have to be done and there are also requirements um, that have to be met. So make sure you don't miss reading that one. Um, again, like I said, Alistair, there's always so much information on the site I could go on and on, but really members just go to silo.org and check out the regulatory updates section. There is a wealth of information that's very timely and very important there for you. Absolutely, absolutely. And well, if that's it, without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Brian Stevens. Good idea, let's go. We'd like to welcome our guest today, Brian Stevens, who is the Licensing Supervisor at the Wyoming Department of Insurance. Welcome, Brian. How are you doing today? Doing great, Alistair. How are you? I'm doing great. And I'd like to thank you, Diane, and I would both like to thank you for being on a guest, being our guest on the show. I know I kind of, you know, cornered you in the uh, outside <laughs> pilot conference in Philadelphia, and I said, oh, there's Brian. I know I'm going to ask him to be a guest, and I know you're on your way out and trying to get the flight home to uh, Cheyenne, but, you know, thanks a lot for, for being our guest and, and taking time out of your day. That was a yeah, good no catch, problem. Alistair. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, Brian, you are the licensing supervisor at Wyoming. Um, have you always been in Wyoming? Is this a, a new trip for you? I know that, you know, there's some people that are transplants in the department. Right, but what about you? Longtime Wyoming resident? Yeah, lifelong Wyoming resident. So, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a little town called Pine Bluffs. It's about 40 miles east of Cheyenne. Uh, the town ends at the Nebraska border, and we're about 10 miles north of Colorado. So, about as far southeast as you can get. Uh, went to college 90 miles from home at the University of Wyoming in Laramie, which is about 50 miles west of Cheyenne. And now I live in Cheyenne. So, I've never been more than you know, 90 miles from home my whole life. There you go. There you go. And University of Wyoming, got to shout out the Cowboys and Cowboy Joe, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for those of you who don't know, Cowboy Joe's the, the mascot, longtime mascot, Shetland Pony? Correct. Cowboy Joe's the Shetland Pony, the actual, like, uh, uh, mascot that looks like a person. His name's Pistol Pete. Uh, we kind of share him with Oklahoma State and New Mexico State. <laughs> yeah. <Forget> that. <laughs> That's great. What did you study in college um, when you were, you know, in Wyoming studying at the university? What What was your major? So I originally went to school for computer engineering, and it was going pretty well. Uh, they changed some of the boilerplate of the programming language between my first and second semesters. Uh, for those of you that aren't in programming, a boilerplate is what you start every program with. So I spent one semester learning the boilerplate and the second semester we spent two weeks of going over what the new one was and then moving on uh, that rubbed me the wrong way I, I felt like i didn't want to change gears that quickly uh, so i went into uh, business management and that was boring i had started as a music made or music minor and that is what i ended up studying most of the time i was in laramie that was my my constant the whole time i was there uh, i'm sorry diana and I was going to ask, uh, what did you major in, voice or uh, instrument, or what was your, what was your focus? 
So I went up there uh, with the intent to play the saxophone. Uh, I've been playing saxophone since I was about 12 and enjoyed marching band. And I was in the Western Thunder marching band and the pet band there in Laramie. Uh, I don't know why I chose saxophone. I've been playing piano since I was 10, and I am a much better pianist than I'm a saxist. Uh, but it, it worked out well. It was a good time. There you go. And, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know, I, I, I've talked to a lot of people, there's actually a lot of connection between music and, and computers. I mean, there's a lot of math, and I don't know if you've made that connection. No yeah, yeah, a lot of pattern recognition. Sure. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then, as well, I know, you know, some deep dive here, you also part-time as a DJ? Yes. So, uh, my, <laughs> back my in dad, college or now? What are we talking oh, about? Oh, we're, we're going further back than that. So, when I was growing up, my dad and one of his friends bought the old remote system from one of the radio stations in the area. And, you know, he subscribed to the Time Life, you know, best of the 60s, 70s, all that. He had those compilations. And uh, we needed a homecoming DJ for my seventh grade homecoming dance. So, a friend and I decided to do it. And I have been doing it ever since, uh, since I was 14. So, wow. going on 25 years now. <laughs> wow. So primarily like doing parties and things like that, right? Yeah, I, uh, I've actually been doing a weekly trivia show for the last 10 years here in Cheyenne. Uh, COVID kind of cut it short. I do it monthly now, but uh-huh. it's it's a really good time. It's a, it's a fun way to get people together. Uh, we used to do it a lot before I started doing it myself. And uh, my, my men's league basketball team uh, was sponsored by a sports bar here in town. Okay. We were there after a game one day, and one of the owners came up to us and was going, man, I just, we got to figure out how to get people in here during the week, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, no one's here. And we told him, like, you should do trivia. You know, we used to go to trivia all the time. There's no place in town that does it anymore. And then my buddy called me a couple of days later. He said, well, you've got the equipment. Why don't we do this? So we started doing it in June of 2011 and did it weekly until, you know, the first week in March of 2020, uh, took a year off, and now I do it once a month at a brewery here in town. Right. Let's let's shout it out. Let's promote it for all our listeners in the in the Cheyenne area. If you want to hear Brian do trivia night, where where can we find you? Uh, you can typically find me the first Thursday of the month at Daniel Marks Brewery downtown. We moved it to the second Thursday in October, uh, but it should be back to the first Thursday in November, as far as I know. There you go. I'm thinking that could be a fun session at the next silo. Right, right, right. <laughs> we may like you, Brian. <laughs> I could write one. That's no problem. Awesome. Do <laughs> trivia. <laughs> the breakout session. I love it. I love it. All right. So, I mean, music major. It's a, it's a you know, uh, just a hop, skip, and a jump to insurance regulator, right? Absolutely, it's just right. <laughs> We're always singing and whistling in this industry. Aren't we? We're just Absolutely. Happy people. <laughs> you know, so how does it happen? I know that when we were at the conference and, and a lot of people were asking, you know, how did you become regulators? There's a lot of interest in this, right? How did you go down that path? And and obviously, I mean, you have, I think, what seems like the you know prototypical task of music major dudes, but I'm kidding. Yeah. But how, how do we get from, from you know, where we are to to the uh, licensing supervisor at the Wyoming Department of Insurance? Yeah, so uh, it turns out there's not a lot of demand for professional saxophone players in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So after I got out of college, I worked some odd jobs for a while, and uh, my dad and my grandfather had started a small independent agency in my hometown back in the 70s. 
And dad kept telling me, hey, I, I really wish you'd come and uh, come and work for me. I could really use the help. Uh, we, we definitely need some help on the tech end. I really want you to get into this. So he, he finally talked me into it after a couple of years. And I got down there, and one of the first things he did was take me to our uh, our Shrimp Bash, which is the the Association of Wyoming Independent Agents, or Independent Insurance Agents uh, annual lobbying session with legislators. And uh, the Association of Wyoming Insurance Agents is a combination of independent insurance agencies of America and uh, professional insurance agents. So they're kind of combined. Big I and PIA are combined in Wyoming. And I went to that and, you know, becoming involved in that, I, I got really involved in, you know, how does how do we go about as industry uh, affecting the laws via the states? And as as I was working my way up in, in my, my dad's agency, I got more involved and I, this was when electronic proof of insurance was just starting to come around. And a lot of states were doing it. I was I was also licensed in Nebraska and Colorado, and they were both pushing legislation forward. So I, I called our exec and asked, well, you know, why, why can't we do this? And she says, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll check on it and let me get back to you. And she got back to me about three weeks later and said, here's the bill. Uh, let me know if, if it looks good to you and we'll get it introduced. And it was really surprising to me that it's, you know, it's not a long road to hoe, and it, it made it through unscathed, and uh, I I went on to eventually help our, our lobbyists do some lobbying uh, with some of the bills that we were putting through or lobbying for or against some of the bills that, that industry was trying to put through or that the state was putting through, and I really enjoyed that piece of it. Uh, so that's, that's how I, I ultimately ended up at the Department of Insurance. I really enjoyed the legislative process and getting in the thick of that, which not a lot of people do. Let's be honest. So, so uh, after I was, I actually ended up being the president of WIA, and from what our current exec tells me, I'm the first board president that's ever gone on to the regulator side. So he's very impressed. <laughs> Why I'm, I'm not real sure. It's 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 not a huge jump here, but it's uh, it, it's really neat, and uh, I I enjoy doing it. I enjoy writing the rules and the regulations, and basically trying to improve the industry as much as I can in Wyoming uh, with respect to, you know, protecting consumers, making sure that agents are not overregulated and are, are treated fairly, making sure that that industry is working hand in hand with, with the state. It's, it's really a perfect fit for me. And I love being here. It must be so interesting to kind of sit on the other side of the coin now where you're hearing feedback or you will hear feedback from industry, you know, on certain, you know, different topics. So I wonder how your past being on that other side where you were the voice of the industry <clears throat> and now you're on the other side, um, how your past experience now colors your present position and how you hear the voice of the industry now and what you do with that information. Yeah, it's it's been very beneficial. I, I feel and I've heard from from my colleagues here at the department too, that it's, you know, having someone that's been on the other side and can see these impacts is really a beneficial thing. For instance, uh, when I got here, I got hired in the middle of COVID. And part part of the problem we were having is that a lot of the testing centers were open. And as you guys know, that was, that was a big thing last year. And one of the first things yeah. I did was start the conversation with our vendor Pearson View to get on and get some 
some remote testing done. Uh, some backstory to that, when I first became an agent, I didn't even take my test in Wyoming. I had to drive about 100 miles away to Scottsbluff, Nebraska to take my PST exam. Mm -hmm. And then when I got my life in health a few years later, I had to drive all the way over to the university to take that. So our, we're a very sparsely populated state, so mm -hmm. there's, there's not a lot of opportunity to, to make it to some of these testing centers. Uh, I was on the board with somebody that lives in Grable, Wyoming, which is a, a beautiful town in the Bighorn Mountains. It's absolutely gorgeous, but it takes two and a half hours to get to the nearest population center. And if it's yeah. snowing, good luck. Mm -hmm. So I, I was really thinking of my own experience and from my, my former colleague's experience with licensing when I, when I really jumped on this and made sure to get it moving forward. And that's, that's just one example of how, you know, when I was in it myself, it, it translated over to the state side and it's, mm -hmm. it's worked really well. And then what else? I mean, that's a huge transition, especially to come in during COVID, right? But it's great that you were able to have kind of the experience that you had, you know, both as someone in the industry, as president of WIA, I assume, which is the Wyoming Independent Agent, you know, group, right? And being able to empathize and understand, you know, what does industry need and what do they need to be successful to come in uh, into the department and, and make an impact, right? But Tell us about that transition. Tell us about, you know, some of the things that have happened during, you know, COVID in these past 14, 16 months. Yeah, so COVID has been interesting. I was hired on by the department in May of 20. So our previous licensing supervisor uh, had decided to relocate out of states. And uh, it just so happened that the job listing popped up at a perfect time for me. Uh, I was working in tourism at the time, and it ended up being a very bad place to be for about okay. a year mm -hmm. so the the listing popped up and my wife actually pointed it out, pointed it out to me i've been telling her since we met how i wanted to work at the department and she let me know that the listing had come up and uh, interviewed got the job and it, it's been it's been excellent uh, i was one of about six people in the office at the department for the first several months of working here i actually didn't work with my staff in the office full-time until july of this year so it was uh, the computer background came in very handy because I transitioned this over to uh, to cloud-based documents and spreadsheets. Uh, made sure that our Zoom meetings were up and running correctly. Uh, got us all on on a chat client so that we'd be able to. So not only I, but the whole department would be able to communicate fairly seamlessly. And it's it it really came together just right for me. And uh, we're we're starting to get back to normal. We're we're back to you know. Masking in the office right now just to, just to be safe, but uh, but it's it's been really great uh, coming in when I did come in. It's it was definitely a unique experience, but but I think it's been beneficial. Absolutely, I think those changes are great, and I think just I mean I think everyone has learned how to work. I'm not saying in a better or worse way, but in a different way, right? And also how to communicate better as well, right? And how to use the tools that are available. Kind of to drive efficiency so absolutely so yeah. another thing that that COVID has caused not only with our department but i'm sure with businesses across the country is we really wanted to go contactless we were still mailing out paper copies of licenses uh paper license and activation copies and uh, we stopped that and we've got legislation going through that's going to require email addresses be part of the the licensee and the and the businesses addresses so that we can get those to them more efficiently and and frankly cut costs and and cut waste okay great 
Well, oh. I wanted to ask prior to um, Alistair getting a hold of you at the last SILA conference, um, were you aware of SILA or had you, you know, participated in any uh, events or whether webinars or um, had any involvement, even if just on the website with SILA before, or is this very new for you? Uh, it's very new. Uh, I was uh, one of our former licensing directors is in charge of forecasts and filings at the department now, and she kind of showed me the ropes when I got here. And one of the first things she said was, "Sila is going to be your best resource for licensing," and it's it is one hundred percent true. I use the charts and the handbook all the time. Uh, the the SALS committee is something I'm very involved in. The education committee I'm involved in, and it's it's really good to get. Uh, industry and regulators all in the same room to talk out these issues and make sure that we're doing right by the agents on both sides. Uh, so it's, I hadn't had any experience before I got here, but when I did, I jumped right in. I did the national conference virtually last year, uh, got my SILA A this year to make sure that I was, I was well-educated within the industry. I've encouraged my staff to do the same. Uh, one of my staff members had her SILA, just finished her SILA A uh, shortly after I got here, and the other one I believe is applying today or maybe applied last week. Uh, she's finished up all the courses. I think that the services that the SILA Foundation uh, provides for both regulators and for industry is absolutely invaluable, getting everybody in the same room and on the same page. And I, I'm a huge supporter and believer in SILA. Oh, that's great. What was your... Um impression i wasn't in philly i'm sorry that i missed it but what was your impression of the live conference it was great i like i like getting in the same room you know obviously i'm a small state so the the regulator roundtables wyoming's not a big draw but but getting to meet the other regulators and talk about the issues that they're having and that we're having uh listening to the industry side uh, especially in the you know the the adjuster open forum listening to what because adjuster uniformity is a big problem that has been for a long time, and I know it's mm -hmm. something we're trying to work towards, but, but listening to how industry sees it versus how regulators see it, it really opens your eyes and makes sure that you know we're not going to be doing something that's going to hamstring industry or making sure that industry understands why we are trying to do what we're trying to do and, and really getting everybody on the same page. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and I, I think it really speaks volumes in terms of what your history was in terms of you know, going to the industry, being able to impact regulation, wanting to or, or drive that experience, driving you to become a regulator or kind of pushing you towards that. And then where we are today with Silent, you know, the values that Silent brings in the industry in terms of bringing industry and regulators together in the same room, in the same space to kind of make decisions and talk about issues together and how they can find a common path, you know, collaboratively. Absolutely. And the... The industry participation in SILA makes it so much different than the NAIC stuff that I go to. NAIC is great. It's really good to make sure that all these states are on the same page, listen to, to issues that are going on you know, in other states, what kind of problems they're having. But SILA is really so focused on licensing mm -hmm. and so cooperative between regulation and industry that I, I feel like it really helps move things forward a lot more quickly. And, and just before I have to say, you know, as you say, Wyoming is a small state. I don't know if it's a, I think it's a pretty big state, but you all get the same size table. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everybody. And, and I'm not, 
we're we're not trying to change the world or anything. We are there to answer any questions. We're also very responsive via email, so don't necessarily wait until conference. Just feel free to shoot us an email. I'm happy to answer any questions you have. Absolutely. So, uh, take us through the day. What's the day in the life of a regulator? Uh, a lot of meetings on my end. <laughs> a lot of meetings with the rest of the department. So we're uh, we are the smallest department in the country, as well as being the most sparsely populated state. So we actually wear a lot of hats. Uh, so normal day for me, I show up, uh, you know, check emails, answer any emails I have outstanding, check background check requests that we've turned in. Wyoming uh, does a paper background application process, send in paper fingerprints, send it to the Department of Criminal Investigation. So I have to check those, uh, keep an eye on any discrepancies in background that are reported on the application versus what show up on the background check. Say, move into some meetings for the rest of the day. Uh, you know, Tuesday mornings, we have our managers meetings where we talk about legislation that's going through, legislation that's passed, and the tasks that we have to do with it, what each department is doing, uh, how we can cooperate with each other. We have administrative action meetings where we talk about the background discrepancies or any administrative actions that have happened and how we should deal with it. Uh, that's another area where being in the industry is very helpful because uh, often our staff attorney will, will look at me and say, okay, well, when you're an agent, what would you expect if this came around? So it's, it's nice to have that background to be able to kind of speak to that. Uh, go to lunch, come back. I'm also our website administrator, so any, any changes that need to be done on that end, I uh, get those updated, uh, work with other sections of the office to make sure that things are, are running smoothly. And, you know, it's honestly, my staff does, does most of the actual license processing. They, uh, there's, there's only three of us in the licensing section. They take care of all the applications. Uh, they take, they take care of, uh, checking all the documents in the attachment warehouse, making sure that things are going smoothly. Uh, they elevate a few things to me if things are, are going sideways, and I address those. Uh, I personally have to deal with all the third-party administrators in the office, which is unique for the states. Typically, that's done on the company licensing side, but mm -hmm. again, since we're a small department, it, it lands on my desk. So I take care of those and NDAs, and uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of hair on fire all day long, but it's fun. A lot of work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep, keep people in compliance. Yeah, Absolutely. And he, well, they've got two for one with him because he's the systems guy too. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> we we uh, we are very efficient with the with the <laughs> staff that we have. There you go. Now, Brian, I know that you gave some updates at at the education conference, and for those of us that missed it, that weren't able to attend, any updates from the department that people should be aware of? Things that the the state is working on. Uh, yeah, we've got some legislation going through committee right now. Uh, the big thing that industry needs to be worried about is we are requiring email addresses, as I said earlier. Uh, and it sounds like a lot of other states are too. We are going to those paper processes. Uh, we you know, announced our partnership with Pearson View for OnView for the remote licensing exams. Those are really the big ones that are going to affect industry. As far as, as far as agents are concerned, we still had a public display of license statute. We're going to get rid of that because if I'm not physically mailing you a copy, you shouldn't be expected to print it out and hang it on your wall. <laughs> and we, we have some other, 
license handling requirements that were obsolete that we're that we're trying to get rid of, and you know, it's it's basically a cleanup bill and nothing earth shattering. But those are a couple of changes just to be just to be on the lookout for. There you go. Great. And I know that this will get uh, distributed through Silo also, you know, for all our listeners and for all our members as well. Absolutely. And when and if the legislation does pass, I will uh, send out a memo. I send it over to Diana and she gets it distributed to the membership. Again, Sila is the best resource, in my opinion, for licensing. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Andrew, Brian, is there anything you'd like to tell our listeners um, as well? Uh, you know, I, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's that has helped me with my questions in Silo. Uh, that's helped to to lead me along when I get when I got to the regulator side. There was a lot about licensing that I didn't know. I had a license. I did continuing education, right. uh, but there there was a lot of background information I didn't know, and it's been really helpful to hear from other regulators, to hear from industry. Uh, about why we do things, about how things are done. Especially, I have to give a huge shout out to the Adjuster Licensing Advanced class. That's that is a hugely helpful class. I didn't realize how complicated Adjuster Licensing was <laughs> until I took it, and I am glad I did. There you That's go. Awesome. I'm happy to hear. I know that you are, you know, a Silas been in your life for, for a shorter period of time than for others, but I know you will be a long-time Silas member, right? And I think what's important and, and what we're hearing is, you know, it's really exceeded your expectations, right? You've heard about it, you've joined, now you've seen, you know, what the value is and, and how, how we bring industry together. Yeah, I really have. And I would encourage uh, any regulator that has even an outside uh, dealing with licensing, for instance, our... Uh, a surplus lines administrator. If you deal with surplus lines licensing, join SILA. Uh, make sure you're in on these conversations. If you work, you know, if you work on the financial side, make sure you're you're listening to these FINRA presentations and, and listening to the, the the things that other states have to say. And you know, let's make sure we're all on the same page. If we work together, we can move forward so much faster and so much more cleanly. Uh, Things getting done uniformly, I think, is, as we've all found out, is is the best way to go, and the quickest way to get there is by working together. There you go. Absolutely. Great. Well, Alistair, should we pose our final question <laughs> to Brian? Brian, this is our favorite question um, that we like to ask our guests, and that is, when you look back on your career journey, um, particularly, you know, just starting out, what would what would you say to a young Brian? What words of wisdom would you have for him today that you wish you had when you were starting out? Uh, yeah, it's you know I definitely wouldn't change anything in my life that got me here. I am here because of my experiences in the past, but but one of the things that I would tell myself is uh, always keep pushing to to learn more. It, it's something I did, but it's something I'd really emphasize to my younger self: learn more about the industry, learn more about you know, about the things that interest you, get involved with some of these organizations that are tied to insurance licensing, and make sure you look outside of Wyoming, too. Like I said, <laughs> Wyoming's always been home. I was licensed in Colorado and Nebraska, but I never really paid too close attention to the changes that were happening there until they until they happened. But it's it's really important to, to look everywhere and not just at the place you are. I mean, 
make, make sure you're expanding your horizons and always be learning something new. And I, I've never taken a class where even if I knew every bit of information, I didn't come away with something new that, that is valuable. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. That's great. That is great. Absolutely. We should always be moving forward, onwards and upwards, right? Keep on learning. Keep yep. on learning. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep on learning and keep an open mind, right? Like, look for the big picture. Look yeah, because, you know, you're, no one does it perfectly. We all try. We, we all think we have the answers, too. But, <laughs> you know, when we, when we start hearing each other and start listening to each other, we really find out that, that there's a reason this party thinks that they, have, that they have the right answer and this party thinks that they do. And, mm-hmm. you know, compromising between the two really helps move us in the right direction. Absolutely. And sometimes just time, like the passage, passage of time kind of begs for upgrades or for new ways of doing things. And, you know, it may have been perfectly good 10 years ago, but now we need something a little better or different. Absolutely. Hey, Brian, thanks. We know you're busy. You know, there's a lot going on in the state. Um, we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us. We really, really appreciate it. It was great meeting you. We look forward to, you know, seeing you at Silent, all the contributions that the state provides to the um, membership. So thank you for all that. Uh, if our listeners have any questions, who should they email in Wyoming? Should they come straight to you? Uh, yeah, if you have general licensing questions, our, our licensing inbox is insurancelicensing at wyo.gov. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to me directly, it's brian.stevens, brian with a Y, Stevens with a V at wyo.gov. And we are happy to answer any questions that you might have. Great. Thanks so much, Brian. Thank you for your time again. Thanks, Thank Brian. you both. Well, Diana, another great pot. <laughs> yeah, I love Brian's energy. And wow, what a journey he's had. He's really fun to talk to. And I look forward to meeting with him in person again in Seattle, hopefully in 2022. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have to follow up and we have to get him to lead a trivia session <laughs> yes. as one of the breakups. I think that'd be really, really great. So, Absolutely. Brian, we've written that down. That's going to happen. We're going to make sure that happens. <laughs> right? The conference planning <laughs> committee is going to reach out to you. Right. But that said, um, if any of you have questions for us, please reach out to us. You can email us at silasbeaks at sila.org. You please follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Silaspeaks. Um, I think that's a wrap then. Thank you all for listening. We hope everyone is staying safe and we hope that we can all meet in person soon. Right. Till then, see you at the next podcast. Bye. Bye. The materials in this podcast are intended to provide a general overview of the issues contained herein and are not intended, nor should they be construed, to provide specific legal or regulatory guidance or advice. If you have any questions or issues of a specific nature, you should consult with appropriate legal or regulatory counsel to review the specific circumstances involved. The information or opinions communicated in this podcast are not necessarily opinions of SILA and the SILA Foundation.